With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vol, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at onefootdown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector Pernambuco Linden. Fellas, the Queen died today, and I raised an Irish flag. Thank you. Thank you. I was, call- I was called disrespectful. Well, I think it's disrespectful that uh, my father's grandparents had to flee Cork County because of... Uh, uh, religious persecution from the British, but uh, yeah, you do you. I think it's um, disres- I think if you we- just take a five-minute look at British colonialism for oh, the span of five hundred years, uh, I think you'll find some pretty disrespectful shit in there. Yeah, well, ban the ban the monarchy. I just I just think that we fought two wars so we didn't have to simp for the Queen, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to. I don't think we need to disrespect her, but like I shed no tears. I had to look up the succession. I I completely forgot about Prince Charles. Like just completely, just what? N- not top of mind. He's been the heir apparent for his entire life. He's I the longest heir, heir apparent. I, in when the, the, the first thought was when the queen died, I thought, oh, who's next? And I thought, I think it's a boy. <laughs> I was like, ah. Uh. I'll say up. this. I think God That's saved. How little I, I'm, I'm locked in here. God save the queen sounds better, but for king and country sounds better than for queen and country. So at least they'll have for king and country back, which which uh, is more pleasing, I suppose, to the ears. 
Yeah, that's actually, you know, that's a pretty good point, actually. Uh, I don't know. I've, I read an article maybe six, seven months ago around, so around their parts where, I mean, people really want, people really want, or and some even thought that Charles might dip to the side. No. And, and let it go to William. Like, are you fucking crazy? He's been waiting for this his entire effing life. There's no way this was, this wasn't going down. Yeah. This isn't, uh, yeah. Yeah. This so what was, you're uh, saying is that Brendan should do a Photoshop of Prince Charles and a Rudy, like where Rudy gets his helmet grabbed in the moment where he says, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And that should be the pot art. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know what? Pot art that. Make sure. Throw, make sure you throw in a, a, a flag of Ireland up in that motherfucker. Yeah, I might as well. Yeah. Right. yeah I can't see anything on Twitter. I just I, I I sent out the flag and I tweeted out two uh, YouTube videos. Um, uh, Raise what's up for the flag from Vlogging Molly's and the ballad of James Larkin uh, from the Davies. So I said my, I had my say without saying anything. That's how I fucking feel about it. It's game week, y'all. <laughs> welcome big, to the Mark, Mark big preview. Deal. It's the it's the welcome home, Marcus Freeman. Uh, it, it's it's the week we're supposed to celebrate, right? Yeah, I think it's so. the finally our head coach is going to get a win. Too soon? No, somebody's got to throw up the graphic of uh, wh- you know, when's he get that Power Five win? <laughs> That's right. They'll they'll bring it down. They'll bring it down. Just ESPN, like uh, ESPN will run a, run a graphics says early trouble for Marcus Freeman wins against Power Five teams zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some some Notre Dame fans who who are, are the absolute worst and like live and die off of everything ESPN says and does would just run with that too. And some would be like, yeah, when the fuck is he going to get it done? Shit <laughs> on Saturday. Joe from Granger. Oh man! All right. Well, yeah. Notre Dame's zero and one. Still, still decently good national vibes. I think within the Notre Dame fan um, sphere, it's a l- little different because we saw things we weren't supposed to see on Saturday. But nationally, Notre Dame's still getting a ton of credit. Still ranked in the top ten. Still have. I mean, even Heather Dinich, I put it in the triple option today. Even Heather Dinich says we're in it. So as long as she says we're we're good to go, then I'm gonna I'm riding with that. Queen yeah. D, Heather D. She also put Utah in there, which I didn't feel great about. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but before we get really rolling here, I just want to give a reminder, everybody, get your asses, your fingers, I guess it would be, because I think it'd be hard. To, to operate your phone with your ass, but give it a whirl if you want to uh, get on over to Apple podcasts, please leave a rating, please leave a review, any review that you leave. We will read on the next OFT podcast. And as always, we are really hunting down for those, for those certain beautiful reviews. Which ones are those Brandon? I believe they are the earned captain Julian love five stars, right? Jude. Uh, okay. 
I mean, he's the fucking best holder in NFL history. All right. First one tonight here. I got a five-star CJ Carr review uh, from GNDAZ. It says, a comprehensive look at Notre Dame football in an unbiased and glorious way. Joshua's calm demeanor and subtle delivery, (laughs) Jude's raw reactions without the use of any data points, is all being held together (laughs) by the glue that is Brendan. This makes for an entertaining yet informative podcast that is a must every single week. I I spot no laws. Brendan, uh, is this person related to you or? Uh, could be. Wait, what, what was their name? Um, was it, uh, it sounds like somebody from Arizona. G-N-D-A-Z. Pat- no. Is it Patrick from Brighton? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. It's. No, it, it's it's PN does from Pittsburgh. Yeah, dude, we we finally got doozy on the pot on the pod reviews. Uh, so thank you so for that. Am I supposed to read that as opposite because it said that you're con- you had a calm demeanor, which I would not characterize. Then that's something about me having spicy takes. Are you fucking points. high? <laughs> there is nobody. There is nobody fucking calmer in this space than I. I I see no lies, and you, you always showing up, always showing up with with Thank your you. lies and no data to back anything up. Just like Thank the you fact the that review. Rocky Four is the best Whoa. Rocky, Whoa. as voted again? on, as voted on by the people who, because I am not some fucking dictator, dictator, authoritarian queen, can say the people said this. Well, the people are wrong. That's fine. I understand why the people voted the way they voted. Is democracy wrong, Brendan? Come on. Uh, We're fighting for truth and justice here. The truth and justice that Rocky Four is the greatest Rocky movie ever made. <laughs> you know, fact. It's uh, there. There are thousands of people who agree with you. <laughs> Goddamn right there are. That's kind of scary, isn't it? None of them are on this podcast, but maybe. No, this is how this is how QAnon starts. Ninety-eight percent of the country disagrees. Two percent agree, but that two percent seems like a whole lot to you, buddy. Uh, all right. So I'm not even really sure. I, I can't even remember how we do these things. Like we're, I'm still shaking off the off-season rust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So if you want, I can I can tell you a few things about uh, the old thunder and herd out there. I would love to hear you know, some. Let's get that. Yeah, that's right. Let's get that out of the way. All right. So first off the top, um, I watched Marshall's opening game against Norfolk State. It was riveting, gentlemen. Absolutely riveting. <laughs> I believe I saw a 10 yard pass downfield. Um, from Henry Columbia, the uh, transfer quarterback from Texas Tech. Uh, I think I saw one um, and I think it was picked. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I learned almost nothing from watching them play Norfolk State. The talent disparity between Notre Dame and Marshall is less than the talent disparity between Marshall and Norfolk State. Like, I don't I, I, I thought that maybe they had that old Navy rule. Didn't Navy had a rule where you couldn't have players that weighed over a certain amount? But that rule was set at like 
240 pounds and it was their defensive line. They had like the scrawniest, smallest defensive line that I've ever seen Norfolk State did. And even without Rasheen Ali, their 1,400-yard running back from last year, who stepped away from the game to take care of, I think it's like uh, reportedly family issues, uh, they still were able to run at will against Norfolk State. And I don't account that for anything. I don't, I don't, I don't track that. I don't count that up to anything. Um, Marshall is breaking in four new players, uh, four new positions on their offensive line. Three of the guys on their offensive line were five-year starters. Not five-year starters. They started all five years together, which is the amazing. most the most amazing That's, stat that I've ever heard. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How how is that possible? If Kane Madden was an All-American at Marshall. He would have been the fifth, dude. Insane, right? It, it, I mean, they they all were there the last time that uh, those guys were all there the last time that Marshall played a uh, Power Five opponent, which was 2018. So if you think that I'm going to go back through and watch Marshall play a bunch of Conference USA opponents from 2019, 2020, 2021, you got another thing coming because I sure didn't do that. Um, <laughs> they did move up to the Sun Bowl this year, which I guess is a step up and play. That's exciting. It has nothing to do with this game. Um, so they're, they're breaking in a brand new offensive line. Uh, their best rusher, 1400 yard rusher. He gone. Um, they did get this transfer quarterback from Texas tech who threw four picks and four ints last year. I think he started, uh, six games. Uh, he started 11 games overall at Texas tech and basically was shown his walking papers and went to Marshall. Um, they don't have a single wide receiver on their roster that averaged more than 14 yards per catch last year. And that's held true again this year. They didn't have anyone who averaged as a team against, uh, Norfolk state. They averaged 8.92 yards per catch. So it is going to be dink and dunk central. So get ready for the linebackers to have some fun up in the box because um, that's all they're going to do. They're going to throw underneath stuff. They're not going to take any shots downfield. Um, they're going to try and run the football. Defensively, they have uh, Stephen Gilmore's a kid that everybody points at, and they, they say, well, he's going to get drafted to the NFL. How do you know that Steve, I'm, I, maybe he's good. Maybe he's good. Uh, what's the best wide receiver do you think that Stephen Gilmore's played playing exclusively Conference USA opponents in his entire career? Right? No idea. No idea. We have no idea. No idea. Um, Their rushing defense, they gave up uh, 30 yards to Norfolk State, which is great. Um, Considering last year, uh, let me see here. Uh, According to my stats, they were the 105th ranked rushing defense last year. And before you point out that, well, hold up, they gave up uh, 30 yards to Norfolk State. They're turning a corner, Brendan. Well, no. Because last year they gave up 71 yards to North Carolina Central and then proceeded to follow (laughs) up the rest of the season, uh, giving up seven of the 12 teams that they played over 200 yards rushing. And they brought in some – yeah, they brought in some kids, uh, some cast-offs from uh, Power 5 schools. They brought in a kid from Purdue. Um, They brought in a kid from uh, Miami. Um, And where was the last kid from? Um, I – yeah, uh, uh, Kentucky. They brought in a kid from Kentucky to to try and shore up that that defensive line. But man, they have an awful rush defense. And 
they do nothing but try and throw short yardage plays and run the football against the defensive front that should be pretty good in Notre Dame, they will never have seen, any of these players will never have seen in their career, anyone with the level of size or talent that Notre Dame is going to be featuring. Because like we said, they haven't played a Division One or a Power 5 school since uh, Virginia Tech in 2018, where they lost by over 20 points. And uh, if you remember that Virginia Tech team, Notre Dame, at home, at, at Virginia Tech, in the place that no one can win because of uh, Metallica, uh, <laughs> you know, beat it by, what, four scores? So uh, as far as what to expect out of Marshall, I don't know, man. They don't have – they don't play anybody. They ain't played nobody. Um, none of their players are particularly talented except for this, um, you know, Stephen Gilmore kid, supposedly, I guess. Uh, but he will never match up, have matched up anyone in his career with the kind of speed that Zoe Styles or um, Brayden Lindsay has, right? He, he's never seen anything like that in his entire career. So I'm interested to see how that sort of matchup goes. I imagine he'll get his, but, um, you know, there's a there's 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 not much you can you can really glean um, from playing Norfolk State. And I'm not sure they learned much about themselves. And I don't think. I learned anything uh, wasting the the hours spent watching that football game. Isn't it wild that there's a Stephen Gilmore who plays cornerback for the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, and sure Stephen Gilmore who plays cornerback for Marshall. I mean, I, you know, they spell their name differently, but that's just um, when you said Stephen Gilmore, I was like, I thought he was in the pros. Yeah. I th- well, he's moonlighting at Marshall, right? <laughs> just getting down to West Virginia. And, uh... yeah. Well, so I, I, what I my takeaway from this is this is going to be a game where we learn um, about who Notre Dame. We start to learn more about who Notre Dame is, and not really necessarily about the the caliber of the of the opponent or whatever. So there's a kind of a there's some kind of open questions that we've had um, in terms of what we saw from Ohio State, and this is an this is an opportunity to work out some of the kinks against a lesser opponent. And what I'm going to be interested in is, you know, they ran 40, what was it, 48 offensive plays against Ohio State. And they oh, had wow. one of the, I think they're, Brendan might know this stat, second to last in the NCAA in um, plays per or possession or possession time or whatever. Basically, yeah. they, were, they were going at an infinitesimally slow tempo. Now, I don't expect them to have that as the same game plan against Marshall. But what does it look like when you speed up this offense and you make them work through, you know, faster? Um, is it, you know, we're all we're all laughing and having a New Mexico um, 2018 type day, uh, 2019 type day, or are we having a Vanderbilt 2018 type day? Now, I don't <laughs> think Tyler Buckner and, and Brandon Wimbush are comparable. I, I wouldn't suggest that Buckner's going to struggle um, as they make him do things he's not accustomed to doing. I think, I think that, um, but I still, I still want to see what it looks, what the offensive line looks like, because, you know, going through that tape and it's not me who's going through the tape. It's, you know, it's Greg and, and, and Brendan really looking at it. It's just, and showing it to us, it's just so discombobulated so many times. And, uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing what got ironed out between week one and week two. I only have one question and what's one question about, yeah, what's your question, about, man? about Marshall. 
I mean, isn't the Sun Belt like the best mid-major conference right now? I think so. That's why I air quoted that they moved up a level from Conference USA to Sun Belt. I think the Fun Belt's probably the best. I'd say it. I'd say it's two or three levels. I think, dude. I think the Sun Belt is severely underrated by fans to watch. Like, watch some Sun Belt games. You're gonna see some shit. You're gonna see some uh, pretty diverse uh, ecosystem of football, but it's pretty stout. It's pretty stout. They stack up well uh, against any other mid-major, and they kind of—I mean—they kind of hold their fucking own against the Power Five. And I—I I mean, I'd have to go back and look and see what their record is against the spread and all that. But I think they do kind of well. I think—I uh, mean, Arkansas State's only a fifty-two point underdog <laughs> to Ohio State this week. <laughs> right, fifty-two um, points. Fifty-two. I mean, Appalachian oh, no, wait, State. No, no, no. That's no. That's Hawaii. That's Hawaii and Hawaii, Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Yeah. It's 52 points, I think. I think Ohio State, Arkansas 40, State is like 40 something. It's in the 40s, yeah. Yeah. The disrespect. The disrespect to think that. Well, what is uh, <laughs> those two games? Georgia Southern's a fun belt team. They're playing North Carolina, aren't they? Uh, it's a single digit spread in that one, no, right? It's Georgia, it's Georgia State. Oh, Georgia, Georgia State's also a fun belt team. Yeah, yeah, and it's a three. Uh, North Carolina is a three-point favorite in that game. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, that's like I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pull anybody's leg here. I don't fucking care about Marshall. I no, don't. I don't either. Nope. I don't. Uh, I really have no worry about eating words. This is just a team that Notre Dame. Absolutely should just fucking steamroll and steamroll completely. Uh, but there's a lot of things in this game that we need to watch. Like, I'm not going to talk about this game like we like we did with Ball State or even Toledo. But there's a lot. There's a lot to pay attention to in this game to see if Notre Dame's going to fucking be there in the coming weeks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the that? sort of team that you have to you have to you know put up fifty or more points on just to just to say, hey, we're alive, and um, you know we didn't we didn't execute the way we wanted to against the number two team in the nation, but we're still a very damn good team. And if you go if yeah. you win twenty eight twenty two, then you know we've got a lot more questions than answers. Oh God, <laughs> that's questions we're calling in like crisis management to get people down from the ledge <laughs> yeah then a lot of people are going to need to be touching grass uh yeah 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 uh mike golick jr uh i refuse to call him the nickname of the hand soap that i use um wash my hands with it now it's he just said, like we, we talked about it in the dms where we we're like like this is a game, though, that Notre Dame absolutely cannot pull their starters. Like you get like the wanting to keep guys healthy and all that, but forty-eight snaps against Ohio State is not work. Like they didn't get enough work. We don't. I mean, we really don't know. I mean, the things did not work out well in Columbus offensively, and so if we don't know, they don't. I mean, they they need to work this shit out. And it isn't a matter of showing teams something and not showing teams something. It's just like 
showing yourself something. Yeah. And showing fans something. And I think it starts with, with Harry Heastan, right? This whole like Harry oh, Heastan will figure it out 100%. because he figured it out in 2012. Like I just categorically disagree. I don't think it had, in 12, 2012 has any bearing on this season. And I also have, you know, there's some Keystone cops type moments from the Ohio state game that are frankly, like they're, they're troubling beyond belief in terms of, um, not understanding the assignment of the play and Whips. just, yeah. And just getting like, beat I, in ways that you should not have gotten beat. And, and look, everyone, you can, you can explain away anything you want to. Oh, uh, I didn't understand Jared Patterson being hurt and, you know, guys moving to a new position or whatever. Like they, they were not good. So they it felt like good. watch watching the game live. And, and the, I can't, I mean, I completely 100% agree with Jude on this, which is makes me feel nuts, <laughs> but you watch the game live and it, it really felt like Notre Dame just straight up got their asses fucking whooped up front. You go back and watch the rewatch. That isn't exactly the case. It was more fucking bullfighting. It was Olay time. It was, I don't know what the hell to do time. <laughs> like, it, it was like, I mean, live, live and in the moment, it felt like they were just getting absolutely worked. And they were to some degree. The stunts and a lot of the stunts and the stunts did the thing. I mean, that's what stunts are supposed to do is confuse the offensive, you know, the offensive line blocking scheme. And it worked. But it was just so much guys running free. Not, I, defensive tackles not getting fucking touched. Like, that is not football, gentlemen. Defensive tackles are supposed to get fucking hit every play. You're allowed to hit them. And that was what was troubling. Like at first you're like, Jesus, did we just get our butts handed to us? And like, yeah, we did. Then you watch the rewatch and it's like, there are so many guys running, just free running wild here. And you know, we, I, I, I know we touched on this in the last pod about, about the quarterback draw. And we're not going to have that argument again on, on that first drive, but the slip on the turf didn't help, but you got guys running free. They had what watch it, watch it over a few times and you see what Ohio state was doing. They're lining hat on hat and they had a spy back there for the quarterback. Just that play alone. It's, it's, it's five wide, right? It's just Buckner in the backfield and there's six guys in the box. So there's, there's a hat on hat there, which means that, that the linebacker is accounting for Buckner as a spy. And it was just like, here, they were in. They were in there like nothing. So even if he doesn't lose his footing, which initially I thought, even if he does, like, oh, if he gets his footing, you know, maybe he can, maybe he can make a little something of that. No, no, no. They got whooped and worked. It was just, it, it was a lay time, man. It was a lay time, and I, I think that you know, I do think that people that are trying to, to justify it, there's a loss of Jarrett Patterson. I think okay, yes, th- that. That is correct. If Jarrett if Jared Patterson was in there playing, Notre Dame's line would have played better. But uh, that doesn't really affect Josh Luck. You know, I, I could affect, I, that can affect Zeke Carell, but I don't think that's affecting Josh Luck over there. I mean, they're doubling down. They're doubling down on guys and causing a free spot open for a for a defensive tackle. There was no there was wasn't a whole lot of blitzes coming from Ohio State. 
And yet that's what it felt like the entire time. The line. So to spin this in a positive manner, (laughs) they got to go out and brute force beat the shit out of somebody this week. And if you're the offensive line, like that needs to be on, that needs to be on you. Like that needs to be your number one goal this week is to, regardless of the opponent is to kind of like clear the cobwebs, get shit straight. And according to, to Marcus Freeman, you know, Patterson's back. He started practicing right away or started. He's been practicing all week. So he'll be back. So maybe we'll see a big difference, but it's, a lot of it's, this is just flat out assignment stuff. You're you're or talking about the coach else. that said Joe, Joe Wilkins would be ready to go for for week one, right? The like, very same, yeah. Let me ask you a question: Do you think Joe Wilkins is better than Matt Salerno? No, no, no. He's he doesn't have that lunch pail mentality that. Uh, I, I because has. do you think if Joe if Joe Wilkins was healthy, he would have gotten? I don't know. Let's say eight more snaps. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, that's that's I what I think too. I too. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I mean the idea that Joe Wilkins was ready to go was not true. And you literally said that the day you said that the day that you lost Avery Davis to an ACL, and that stopped the. I don't know. This is conjecture on my part, but it felt like it stopped the questions about why you didn't go. You didn't, you weren't aggressive in the transfer portal to get a wide receiver because, Oh, Joe Wilkins is coming. Well, back. Oh, they're, they're fine. Joe Wilkins is coming back. That, well, guess what? But I mean, Joe most, of that, back. most of that ship already sailed. Most of that fucking ship already had sailed by. Right. But right. But, but the questions would have been asked. Criticism. Yeah. The questions. Still been been yeah, 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 yeah. Why did you think? I mean, you you're literally one season ending injury away from being in a real crisis situation. And now you have another dude hurt. Why did you think you could get through this without any kind of additional help? I mean, you had, and you had Merriweather banged up. Colsey's banged up. Yeah. Merriweather is banged up. That bums me out. That's bummed me out too. Um, here's a question I have for you guys about sort of why I think. I mean, where's Connor Radigan? Uh, you can buy his jersey, but you can't see him on the field. What's going on with the head? <laughs> Let's get um, him on the field. Here's a question I have for you, which I think impacts the way I sort of look at this game and look at the way that the score is going to go. They have to play their starters for a majority of this game, right? Three like quarters. I think, I think the offensive line needs to be out there for as much as you can have them out there because they have things that they need to work on. And I think Tyler Buckner needs to be out there getting meaningful snaps. Uh, how many snaps did he have against Ohio State? Well, he's down for 50 at PFF, but. Uh, yeah, so. Or 48. Uh, and he had 18 pass attempts. He needs to be throwing passes to wide receivers uh, because Michael Mayer accounted for more than half of the targets uh, or accounted for half of the targets in the game. He needs to start working on a rapport with his receivers. He needs to start throwing the football. I think that they need to run their offense. This isn't a game. This isn't a stay healthy getaway game. They need to use this game like they would use, I don't know, a a fall uh, a false scrimmage. They need to have the ones out there, and they need to have them working late into well, they, this game. They do have to be care. You got You have to be careful of that nomenclature, Brennan, because that's exactly what they did against Ball State, and. 
Because that's well, they just so, well they you know they completely handcuffed they handcuffed Brandon Wimbush and made him stay back there to like to make a pass on guys that weren't open. So he's running around like crazy behind the line. Meanwhile, there's 70 yards of fucking green in front of a guy who runs like a goddamn cheetah. And, right, 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 right. Well, I, I'm saying that I don't I, think I'm a, I don't, I don't think, think you need to be I out there. You're saying. I'm just saying we have to be careful how you say it. Yeah, you, you're not out there to try and like invent a new Tyler Buckner. Tyler Buckner needs to be out there for as long as possible, running the offense that Tyler Buckner is going to be running. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think it's a case where you're going in there and you're like, we need to find out if Brandon Wimbush can throw the football. You need to go out there to find out. You Tyler Buckner, we're riding and dying with Tyler Buckner. So they need to run the offense that he is going to be running for a majority of this game. And I do think you, it's going to make the, the, do the, you the score though, lopsided. I agree with you. I agree with you a thousand percent. However, with a, with a slight caveat, do you though dial back the quarterback runs because you absolutely should not need that this game? You know what I mean? Like, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be any designed quarterback runs this game. Uh, the read option stuff you have to do because you ha- that's part of your entire package. But like they need to be careful though about running Tyler Buckner. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, want to see Tyler Buckner uh, on a in a game like this. Yeah, but not, not that saying it, that you don't do it, but but you don't over fucking do okay, it. Okay, you, know? you don't overdo it, but you definitely got to do it. Yeah, because that's the offense. Yeah, you have, well, you you have to run the you have to run the read option. That's the that's in the offense, so you have to run it. And it's not up to to Tommy Rees or Tyler Buckner how that goes. It's how the defense comes down on it. You know, what's your read? Do you pull or go? So, but I mean, I just they need to watch that just just a wee bit. So let me ask you guys both, Jude. I'm gonna start with you. Who has the biggest game offensively for Notre Dame? Because I mean, I think I mean, there's like six, seven guys you could say are just going to have, you could pick from and say are going to have like, like a monster numbers game. Right. Going into this. Oh, I have, so I have who's the guy that really like really fucking stands out. All right. So my first thought is Buckner, but my second thought is estimate. Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't think that they're, I don't think they're ready to get banked around. Like no. estimate is ready to bank. I, I think Audrick estimate is, uh, he got, blue footballed because he wants to be, he never got the running room or the, the, the ability to really plant his foot and hit people. People were in the backfield hitting him as he's getting the ball. As he's getting the ball. He never got an opportunity. Like people were hitting him. He wasn't hitting people and he wants to hit people and he is going to get to hit people. And just the way that their rush defense goes. Yeah. I'm with Jude. It is Audrick estimate for me all day. You you tell me an over under on yards Typ- yards for Audrick Estime and I'm taking the over. Typically, I would go with you. I would I would ride or die with you guys on on Audrick Estime, but I am going to go with Chris Tyree in this case. And I, I there's just I don't, I don't know why. I just I have a gut feeling that it's just it's going to be in the passing game, in the running game, just kind of. All over there, Tyree's gonna going to have just like monster numbers. Does that mean? Does that mean I don't? I mean, I still think Estime is going to have 
115, 120 yards for sure. But they're also going to, you know, they're also going to hand the ball off to Tyree. They're also going to hand the ball off to Diggs. You know, they're they're going to spread that around a little bit. But I think Tyree will be used more. Um, they'll just be used more in different way in different ways, and check around on that. He also can. I don't know. Take take one carry and turn it into seventy five yards too. Right, right. Without having to, without having to like knock guys without down and kick them in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's. So I think we're all in agreement that we think that the run game is going to be like this is what they wanted to do against Ohio State, and they didn't get to do it. So, I mean, yes and no. I mean, because honestly, if I if I had a second choice, I think I was gonna. I think I would take Lorenzo Styles. You don't think he's going to get locked down by famed cornerback Stephen Gilmore? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Tim Priester, but I disagree with your assessment. Uh, no, I, I think this is a. I really think they're going to take some fucking shots. I mean, did Freeman even say that today? Uh, <laughs> like I, I think they're going to attack vertically quite a bit early in the game, and. Look, I think Lorenzo Styles is a talent. I I really can't tell you exactly what happened after play one uh, for Styles on Saturday, uh, but I can tell you that there's a lot more to be had. And I think I think this is a game where you can. It's it's not really just like get him his get him his yards and you know get him you know pad his stats. It's like getting him and Buckner into a rhythm because that's why that's that's wide receiver one, right? Like without question. Without question. Well, well, Without maybe Lindsey. Uh, I mean, well, Mayer's wide receiver one, but <laughs> <laughs> so all right. So let's let's flip let's flip it on the other side there. Defensively, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of hungry for a turnover or two. <laughs> but you know who? Jude, start with you again. Who, seven who do you sacks. Think really like. <laughs> Look, I yeah, think so. Who do you think has the has the biggest uh, biggest day on Saturday? Well, I think Jason Adam Malola has a lot to prove, right? And so I would I would think that he's going to be out there trying to say that that first game was an aberration. And I also think that um, Isaiah Foskey is is it should be having his way with these offensive linemen. They're not they're not going to face a, a caliber of a player that we think Isaiah Foskey is. So it's time to, to live and eat in the backfield. And so that's, that's who I'm going to be looking at. Yeah. Uh, you can't really pick any of the, the secondary to have a huge day because just simply what Marshall is going to want to do. Um, they're going to want to uh, run the football I would think that it would be Foskey or um, you know Riley or Adamiola that would that would have big days, but they throw so they're so quick with their their pass game and it's all short underneath stuff. I don't know if their quarterback's going to be in the pocket long enough, um, you know, even with their you know, shoddy reworked offensive line. So I think it's really going to be a game for like a Bo Bauer or a JD Bertrand or Maris to really blow up and have like 10, 15 tackles. Yeah. I, I mean, okay. That makes sense. 
I think Tariq Bracey kind of has himself a fucking big game, which kind of builds on what he already did in Columbus. And I, I want to say the hype train is, is rolling down the tracks, but I mean, kind of. I mean, I, I think Bracey could have himself a, a, you know, a pick or two playing in that nickel spot, you know, especially with the, the underneath stuff like diving, you know, diving under, a, under a pass. I mean, I think it definitely can be, can be a thing. Um, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a roll my D, my DB brethren there and kind of think, uh, think he's going to have a huge day. Cause I mean, let's face it. Marshall's going to have to throw the fucking football. So it's either, it's either die by the sack or die by die the pick. And if they're getting the ball out quick, it's going to be the other one. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, and I mean, that that's one of the things, um, you know, with, with Marshall's quarterback too, um, he throws the picks. Uh, that's kind of why he lost the job at, uh, Texas tech. So, um, yeah, maybe the, maybe the line harangues him and he's a little bit loose with the football and Columbia throws a, a pick to, to reek. Okay. So Saturday, first season opener, Marcus Freeman's first game coaching inside Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, you, any thoughts you guys got on on any of that? Like, do you think? I I guess this is kind. Of, this was kind of funny today. So it, I think it just it was kind of assumed that this was a sellout. And when I was listening listening to the Irish Illustrated podcast, uh, it was Pete. Uh, put his foot down pretty hard about it not being a sellout just yet. And Priester kind of went off about what's wrong with you guys. You know, why aren't you going to this game? Blah, blah, blah. Like he was like, pretty pissed. And it's like, I mean, do people not know what economy this is in? And yeah, you can say you can get some $60 tickets, but that all of them are 60 bucks. And not only that, but it's like, it's not just the tickets. I, I don't know, man. Like it's fucking Marshall. I understand it's Marcus Freeman's first game inside Notre Dame Stadium, but it's still Marshall. And, and you don't I mean, have the Notre juice. Just you not- have the juice of the Green Game or a better opponent. Like it's just there's a lot better games on the schedule. If you're gonna if you're gonna use your disposable income to go to a Notre Dame football game, like you know, this really isn't the yeah. one. I don't think. Does it really matter? Does it really matter that much? I mean. Priester was like fucking beside himself. This is Marcus Freeman's first game. You don't want to see that. Like, I guess that, that would never register to me as far as part of being the, the part that's going to get me there. If I was a fan debating about which games I was going to go to. Like, it's just like, yeah, maybe for some people that was, that's a thing, but it's like, it's just not a thing. It's still fucking Marshall. So they like, could, I don't know if you can get some ticket. They couldn't even sell. Uh, Los Angeles was raising a banner tonight. And they couldn't sell out the Rams stadium. <laughs> I mean, it's just welcome to this economy. That's how yeah. it is. I, it's unfor- I mean, yeah, Ohio State packed in 106,000 people last week because they played us. Right. Well, what are those numbers going to look a- like? Yeah, this week. They had a hard time if it was Arkansas State, which it is this week. By the way, I think Tommy Reese 
this is a huge game for Tommy Reese. I think that that he needs to. Um, well, there's a gentleman named Robbie Presley who jumped in my DMs yesterday. Oh yeah, and, and he mentioned that that he's he's kind of bullish on the or bearish on the idea that 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 Tommy Reese knows how to make in-game adjustments. And yeah. I got I got to be honest with you, like that second half was very underwhelming. Um, and if he doesn't understand what his offensive line is or the limitations of his offensive line, he better figure it out quick because, uh, we need to see, we need to see some spark from this offense. I I think that we've, you know, everyone has fallen in love with his age and his acumen and, you know, and that he's a swell guy or whatever, but it's time to start putting, uh, points on the board. It's time to start running an offense that hums and it's, it's time to start doing things in spite of any kind of miscommunications or, or, or gaffes on the, um, on the offensive line. It's just, it's time to see some, some, uh, real ingenuity and not, um, you know, throw it up to the, to the walk on and <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. Like I, I don't care how many different formations that he trots out in a game. If you want to tell me that he's one of the best offensive coordinators and he knows how to call a game. I don't care about that. You could run three formations over the course of you could run one formation over the course of the whole game. The and T, it, it work. The fucking if T it, can be used. If it works, you're scoring points. If you have to keep changing what you're doing, it's not working. So I, I guess I don't care how ingenuitive or any of that goes. I want to see I just want to see points scored. Because that's 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 football. You play to win the game. You don't play to see who has the coolest offense or or who does you know has the most NFL um, you know lineups and and formations out there. I just I just want to see you score points and win football games and put your team in position so to win football games. All right, so I'll, I'll push back just a little bit because. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I never had much of a problem with Tommy's offense going into Saturday night. Like I was perfectly fine with him being offensive coordinator. I wouldn't like, I, you know, perfectly fine, perfectly fine. But he just, he, he, he didn't, I, I don't even know how to, he didn't do a good job Saturday. And that's and it's okay. fine. You I can mean, lay an it's, egg. It's really, as an OC. it's really fucking okay. Yeah. Like, it's really okay. If you had a bad day at the office, I'm not going to crucify Tommy. I agree with you, Jude, that he, it, I mean, he needs this game to like, he need, they need to put up points, and it's, but it's not just Tommy. It's for, it's for all of them, but yeah, he needs points to kind of like get a little bit of that, you know, need, that out there, quiet. you know, off his chest, needs, off his, right. but like, but if, you know, if Notre Dame goes, if they, if Notre Dame goes and plays Marshall and say they win, 36 to 10. Boy, your questions. I will have a lot of questions, but guess what? It's going to be a lot less questions for Tommy and a lot more questions for some other staff members and players. I'll have questions about Harry Heastan. I'll have questions for Tyler Buckner. I will have questions all up and down the roster. Yeah, if they, are, if they don't yeah. hit at least 40. Cause I mean, I'm not in the corner of the Tommy defenders from Saturday. Cause I think it's over the top to like, just blindly def- defend a poorly, poorly called game. 
but it's like, but the offensive line was a massive issue. And look, we're in, he stands definitely has, has his hand in all that, but I think it's all right. It just for us to call out certain players. I mean, why the fuck? Why? If they were a quarterback, we would. So why wouldn't we have their alignment? Like Josh Lug, what are you doing? This is your fifth or sixth fucking year. And if he's How if it's you, because of because of injuries that has accumulated, then it's just it's time to stop then, playing football. Then time to, then, and then I guess that that's the 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 long point of me getting long way of me getting me to the point here is like then put somebody else in. I mean, I don't give a shit if you're putting Pat Coogan in at center because uh, Zeke Carell isn't doing isn't doing it. He can't play without Patterson next to him. Then let's try out Pat Coogan. Look, we. We saw almost nothing for practices this year, but there has to be there has to be somebody that wants to go out there and fucking play football. And like I thought, Kristoffic played okay. Like I am, I am to the point right now where, and you know, it wasn't a hard way, it wasn't a hard thing to get to. It was like put Patterson back at center, keep Kristoffic out there at guard, have a short leash on Lug. And figure out what you're going to do there. Like, uh, if we're going to put our best five out there, like I between 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 Carell and Lug, it was just it was not good. It was not good. All that pressure inside without blitzing. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. So I mean, look, like I said, Josh Lug, he's been in the program a long fucking time. I normally wouldn't just call out singular offensive line players too much on a podcast, but I mean, come on, come on. We got to be honest about it. Yeah, if we're not honest about it, then, then what are we doing here? Why, why are people, I mean, why are people listening? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, we're all watching the games. Like it's, it's not like we're not watching the games. So and I guess it's an open-ended question, right? Like I'm asking, is that is his Josh Lug really the best option? And I can't answer that because I'm not at practice. I'm not, you know, at all well, that. They, they but think if that's is, the, if and that's and the that's, best option, that's scary, right? Right. right that's what I'm saying. <laughs> then, I, then it'll, like it'll, where where's Rocco Spin? I don't think we're fucked. Where yeah, where is Rocco? Well, well, listen as a. As a he's true a second, sophomore, he's a, yeah, he's a second-year guy. So I don't think it's I think it's unfair to bury Rocco at this point. Like wildly unfair to I bury a sophomore. Um, I don't yeah, think he, I don't he's think sophomore offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, someone made this point on another podcast, but like Liam Eikenberg was not playing at this point in his career. Nick Martin was not playing at this point in his career either. Like there's there was good Notre Dame offensive lineman that did not make the field as a sophomore, and that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. So, but I mean, just kind of like, fuck it. Let's throw him out there. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Cause maybe he gets a hand on a guy instead of let him just fucking run right past him. I don't know. I mean, this time last year, did you anyone, put, you can put time, fucking, you can put Dylan out there and he might get a hand on somebody. At least he's getting a hand on someone. They'll trip over him, but at least it's something. I guess my question too is, is this time last year, was there anyone, anyone who thought that Joe Alt was going to be Joe Alt? No, 
Absolutely not. And if you say that, that, that you did, you're a liar. So, I mean, he was their maybe, fourth option at left tackle. Their fourth option. Yeah. The, the, no one thought Joe Alt was going to be Joe Alt at this point last year. So who's to say, like, I, I don't know. Who's to say that he's not going to, to be a viable option by the time they get to North Carolina? You don't know well, that. Who's to, say that. Who's to say this game isn't going to be uh, kind of a – I mean, I think you would – I think all three of us are in agreement that they need to run, run their offense, run their front line players for as long as they can. But who's to say that this isn't a game where some of the offensive linemen get relieved a little bit <laughs> to see what else is going on. Cause I think they need to know this because if a guy ain't fucking holding his own out there, he can't just own that position. This it ain't a union out there. Hmm. You yeah. know, you need to, you need to be able to fucking know you could yank him. And put somebody in that can hold up. I don't think that they, I don't think they have any idea. I don't think Harry, and I'm not saying this in a dumb way. I don't think he knows what he has just yet. Like for the games, just a theory. And so you stay, you stay with the guys that you got out there, but you have to ha- have that ability to know what's in your back pocket to pull a guy who isn't holding his own. And so, and, a lot of that could be for the player's own fucking good anyways. Leaving a guy out to die. I left my son out with a six-run lead on the pitcher's mound, and I left him out there to die, and we lose seven to six as he's walking and <laughs> walking kids, getting singles hit on him. It was the shitty – I didn't sleep that night. I was so mad at myself. Sometimes you got to pull. You, gotta, you have to pull him. You can't just leave a guy out there to die – Put somebody else in there. It's going to help everybody involved. You got to know when to hold them. And you got to know when to fold them. You got to know when to walk away. Especially when you're spending your last dollar. Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There's time enough for counting when the deal is done. I don't think there's going to be much dealing on Saturday, but we'll see. I hope not. All right, so grievances. Do we get them all out? Because I kind of feel I like this is a little so. bit of a bitch fest. I think so. Right? I think we got all of. I think we got all of ours. Let me talk some positive. So, but we 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 got what was left over from the Ohio State game off of our chest. Judy, do you get it all out? I know you got a list. I feel like I I feel like I got it all out. Okay. Did you cross it off with lipstick? I'm just. I'm over this carrying water for Gary Easton. He must be the best insider source ever because he's just, <laughs> he's apparently untouchable. It's, you know, you, you got to have that Stein, that George Steinbrenner mentality. You're untouchable until you're not. And yank it. All right. Um, let's talk about something fun, gentlemen. You know what's fun? What's fun, bud? Maction. Maction. We know about Maction, don't we, Brendan? Uh, we know a few things about the old Maction. That's for damn sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're a good person out there and you know all about Eastern Michigan. Maybe you're a fucking terrible person and you know all about Central Michigan. I don't know. 
Uh, got a couple of categories that I know about. Uh, but right now, Homefield, homefieldapparel.com, they're going, they're, they're kind of in their fields right now, a little bit of action. They're getting that stuff out there. So look, half of the staff here at one foot down, uh, is some Mackers. Uh, we saw a home field release, some Western gear. Now they're out there sniffing around for some, for an Eastern refresh. They got some good things going on right now. Uh, they got some disgusting things like the USC and Michigan national championship t-shirts. Mm. Uh, but you know what? They're, they're fans. They're, they're human beings. They like, they like things too. Uh, but if you get on over to one or to homefieldapparel, homefieldapparel.com, take a look around. Maybe there's something you just like. Maybe you get, you're tired of just listening to us talk about it. Uh, you need to check it out for yourself. If you use the code one foot, uh, you will save 15% off your first order. I don't think they used enough drunk Bronco in the little bits that I saw. And he was in, in them. Yeah, like I, I, yeah. I think you could have gone like, you could have gone a little more, a little more hardcore on that. Well, all right. Let's get to the picks. I think we. I. I don't even know. I don't even know what games you have on tap, Brendan. But it's a good week of. It's a good week of college football all the way around. I. There's some doozies in there, and there's some yeah. doozy spreads. Yeah, some of these spreads, I put one spread in there that, like, I don't think the game is worthy of being in there. But the spread, when I saw it, I just sucked oh, yeah. in some air and I went, ooh, boy. Um, all right, so let's start Let's start off with, a, with Narduzzi because um, we can't go a week without talking Narduzzi, right, boys? <laughs> hey, it's, where's game day at this week, by the way? Uh, Does anyone know? I meant to check today. I didn't I didn't really care too much. And I would. What if they were going to be there? Uh, Austin, or Texas, BYU, or Alabama, Alabama. Oh, Texas, for fuck! They are so fucking predictable. Because I remember seeing an article that said Pat McAfee was headed to Austin. Which, by the for way, tw- hey, see, yeah, Cor- right. see Corso's replacement, or are they just like low key pushing Corso out? I I, I hope he's Desmond's replacement. Oh, I hope he's just Sims replacement. From your lips to God's oh. ears. If they push him out, put in McAfee and give me Ed Ogeron in the Corso spot. Now we're cooking with gas. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be all right. But how fucking predictable is that for a twenty point spread? And instead, you got BYU and and Baylor going toe to toe in Provo, which is a great fucking setting for a for a college game day. You got Pitt, Tennessee. I mean, Pitt. Dude, I come on. Th- so here's the thing. I didn't put Alabama, Texas on this picks list because fuck that game. Um, <laughs> I only want ranked on ranked unless it's uh, one of these spreads, and we'll get to it. So let's start off. We're, we're talking Narduzzi. Uh, fresh off a win, backyard brawl. Pittsburgh is hosting Tennessee at Aventure Stadium, and they are a six point. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that stadium is anymore. A six point home dog. Joshua, what you got? I think Tennessee's going to roll them. And I mean, roll them. I, I'm 17 points at least, maybe 20. 
You're not you're not sold on uh, this Tennessee hype train that's coming down the pipeline. I am sold a little bit on the Tennessee hype train. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ten- yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee is gonna roll. Pull? Oh, all right, all right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Don't don't get it twisted here. Yeah, Tennessee Tennessee's gonna go up there and just fucking roll them. I think. To say West Virginia come to town. Uh, I I. I don't know why I have faith in Tennessee. I just think they look a little more. There's a little bit more normal. See, it seems like down in Knoxville and they have some talent and I just like pits pit is in pits. Not going to be able to pit themselves out of this one. You don't think uh Narduzzi is going to be able to, uh, to pull off some of that, that famed Narduzzi magic. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Uh, well, then I'll step in before Jude, and I'll let him pick okay. first. I'll, I'll let you uh, snake draft it. Um, okay. I'm picking. I'm picking pick at uh, Accusure Accusure Stadium. Um. God, that's so awful. It's like uh, a foreign country. I think, no, right? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pitt in this game because I don't believe in Tennessee at all at any point ever. I think that they're going to do something. They're, they're going to blow this game. I don't think Pitt's very good, but I think Pitt wins these types of games, and I don't think Tennessee does. And I don't think that there's a talent disparity. I don't think that there's a difference in talent enough that would let me say, I think Tennessee's going to come up to AccuSure Stadium and win by six points. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Pitt to frustrate us all and uh, win this game. Watch him win the watch him win the ACC. So I think this is a, this is a sneaky spread because I really feel like this is a touchdown difference game, um, and so the fact that Tennessee is laying six, I'm going to take Tennessee, and, and I think, but I think it's going to be maybe like a, a touchdown win. I, I just for some reason I my faith in Keaton Slovis still exists, so but I like Tennessee at home. On the road. I mean, on the road. Hendon Hooker, Hooker, who is is a quarterback that Notre Dame should have got. Yeah. Should have got. I said, how long have I been saying that? Year and a half? And it was this game last year that he he made his debut, right? Yeah. For, yeah, for Tennessee, yeah. I've been saying it for a year and a half that Notre Dame should have. I mean, I don't know if Hendon Hooker could have gotten a Notre Dame, but he was a great, he was a graduate transfer. With two years eligibility, I thought that's how it worked. And so it should have been a guy that we could have got to ND. Um, no disrespect to Jack Cohn, but Hendon Hooker was more on the lines of the guy of a type of a quarterback I th- thought that we needed. Uh, but anyways. All right, so Jim- I have an I have an un I have an undying faith in Hendon Hooker, and I have no idea why. <laughs> All right, Jude. So I'm going to give you um, Florida. Florida. Number 12 ranked Florida, fresh off a win against uh, Utah, is bringing Kentucky to town, and they're a six and a half point. So you get the the hook on a touchdown. So they're six and a half point home favorite against Kentucky. What do you got? 
Okay, so I know that Florida was the sexy pick based off of last week's performance. I think there was plenty of people that were raving about the Florida's quarterback, saying he's the next incarnation of Vince Young. Um, certainly the the spin move, jump pass play was um, super fun Pretty to watch. Incredible. Um, having said all that, I, I, uh, I like Kentucky to cover the spread. I, uh, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the, the whole Florida package. And, uh, I'd like to just see a little bit more. So I'm going to go Kentucky here. I'm going to follow Jude's lead. I'm going to take Kentucky as well. I'm not sold yet on, uh, I don't think Utah's, uh, I don't think the entirety of the Pac-12 is very good. Um, so I think that F- Florida is maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC beating them. I don't think it's a particularly huge statement. So um, I think Kentucky's able to keep it close with what Will Levis, that quarterback. So a uh, little little QB duel going in uh, going on in the swamp. So give me uh, give me Kentucky. Wow, boys. Well, I I agree with like 98 percent of what you said. Uh, but I still have Florida winning by 10. <laughs> cool. All right. So, so this next one, I had to put it in here because I saw the line and I did the double take and I was like, you got to be kidding me with this line because up in Palo Alto, the Cardinal of Stanford are hosting um, the USC Trojans, who's everybody's darling right now. Uh, fresh off a, a impressive defeat of Rice, but Stanford is only an eight and a half point home dog. USC is only an eight and a half point favorite against Stanford. And now I should I should give the caveat: um, it's ultimately the game that got Clay Helton fired, but because USC did lose to Stanford last year. But eight and a half points seems kind of light. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It is. So it does seem kind of light. On the the old Her Loyal Sons podcast, the Ryan Ritter was famous for saying, "What does Vegas know that we don't know?" And that's all I can think about because this feels so slam dunkish. Like there's no part of me that thinks that Stanford will be able to keep this game within eight and a half points. This seems like a for for easy USC take here and lay the points. What am I missing? How does this go wrong? I, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I don't like, think it does. It doesn't, right? I mean, what do I you think, believe? I, I think Vegas made a mistake 
by not adding a one to that. <laughs> and they just don't want to correct them. So they don't want to, they don't want to look stupid. I'll, I'll just say right now, give me fucking USC to cover. They're at least going to win by two touchdowns. And look, they, they are on a mission to try to prove, prove everybody right from the summer. And against an inferior opponent like Stanford gives them an opportunity to build on that before they actually have to fucking play real teams, which they, I, I'm, I don't know USC schedule altogether, but most of the pac 12 is fucking trash. The real team is going to be Notre Dame uh, at the end of the season. So yeah, give me USC to cover pretty easily. Oh, I thought we were going to get some uh, synergy with this one. I think I think USC, I think maybe the line's a little bit, because like Stanford was really bad at stopping the run last year. Everybody could run on them. USC's not particularly good at running the football, or at least I guess we don't really truly know that yet. Um, if they are, aren't good at running the football yet. I just think the Stanford roster and just Stanford in general. It's so bad. It is so bad. And it just it nosedives so hard the last three, four years. And hey, I think, Brett, yeah, I'll, I was just going to say you wrote me down for Stanford, oh, but I'm definitely. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, I don't understand how like if, if USC is not able to cover this spread and it's something like a six, seven point win against Stanford, I think USC is going to have some real questions going into the season that. Um, I think exist there, but I don't think that Stanford is the team that's going to be the one to raise those questions yet. And if Stanford is the team to raise those questions, there might not, uh, we might not be getting sort of the ranked matchup at the end of the season that we kind of expected. Does that make sense to you guys? And, and, yeah. And are banking on too. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and, yeah. Desperately needed. I'll never tell you to root for for another name opponent. You know, every, you should know my mo by now. But we kind of need this, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, they need well, USC to at least look respect, like flawed but respectable. And this yeah, is a team. A joke. This is a team. The Stanford team is not a team where you can win close and have that flawed but respectable moniker. Because I I just think that they're that bad. Um, I think this next game is the best game of the weekend. Um, I don't know anything about Baylor. They're replacing a whole lot, but, and that's perhaps why the higher ranked team Baylor is traveling to Palo Alto, uh, which is something that Notre Dame has uh, consistently ducked. Um, or not Palo Alto, um, Provo, uh, Provo, Provo consistently ducked. Um, and BYU is a three-point home favorite against uh, the Baylor Bears. Um, some people's playoff pick. Playoff? Some people's playoff pick. Uh, Desmond Howard, I believe, has Michigan and Baylor, Texas A&M, and I can't remember <laughs> the the third team. Uh, Georgia? Is it Pitt? Is it, it Pitt? Might, it, might, it, was, it was bad. His picks were bad. It was something really weird. It was bad, and he should feel bad. So, Listen, you know what? I, I wanted to address this real quick. Do you know why Desmond Howard picked those teams? Yes, because this is he was sitting Holt. around with some buddies and they, they broke out a bowl and they dropped in a few grand because <laughs> they wouldn't believe he would do it. 
He no. was drunk and talking some shit. Like, I'm going to go fuck these picks up. And they're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Des- Desmond's whole down. MO is to be Paul Feinbaum Jr. He just, he doesn't, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't, he's not smart enough. He just, he wants to be the hot take artist. And so he sits there and he makes these little corny picks and he gets people to talk about him. And we completely fall for it. And then every year he goes, Hey, ESPN execs, keep me on for another year. Look at all the engagement I can get on Twitter because our, you know, because people talk about me all the time. Yeah, they're dunking on you. Like you're a joke, dude. No one thinks you're good. I mean, Michigan fans don't even think that he's particularly good. If I had to, yeah, if I had to, uh, if I had to uh, defend him, uh, it'd be the worst. I'd be like, yeah, he's ours. I mean, it's nice not to have to defend Brian Kelly, right? Correct. Oh, boy, that's nice. That's a win. As far I saw as that she went out. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, saying, I saw that she, she's kind of, first of all, she's a Medill grad. Go figure. Go figure. Uh, but I, she went on TikTok to, like, defend herself or, like, explain it again. Like, it was just a joke and she talked to Kelly. You know what? I didn't need to know that. Just own what you did because more people were probably respecting you if you were just in there fucking doing your thing and said that and fired back rather than you. You might want to put some in the, context in the what ring, you're, what you're talking about. You might want to put well, some I, context. I, I was going to assume everybody knows. No, I don't think so. You don't think everybody knows about the LSU press conference, Brian Kelly? I, no, 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 no. Uh, lay, lay it out. Lay it out. I don't think people live on Twitter like we live on Twitter. All right. Well, I mean, I think the people listening to our show do, but yeah, I'll, maybe. I'll quickly go over it. Uh, LSU had a pre- had their weekly press conference. What was that on Sunday or Monday? Uh, a reporter uh, for one of the newspapers down there. Uh, she arrived late. Brian Kelly, being the dick that he is, uh, called her out and said something about uh, showing up late. Ten, and she fired back. At, yeah. She fired back and said, when you start winning, uh, we'll show up on time, which is fucking great. That's just, that's that's just great. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, everyone made it, it went viral pretty quickly, uh, because that's awesome. Uh, but then, like I said, she, she said, she went up to him afterwards and he, he said he was joking and she was joking and yada, yada, yada. And everything's fine. I don't want to know that it was fine. I want to, I want to see contention because I sat there in a fucking room and Brian Kelly press conferences and seeing the dickness come off of them towards people and apologize for some of it too. Uh, are, so, you, are you, are you, are you talking about, about a, a certain loss to Georgia in 2017? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and look, are you I, talking about a one score defend, loss or one possession loss? Whoa, 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 whoa. Or a there's one point loss. There's a difference. And you know, you know I would love to, I would love to continue the narrative of I would love to continue the narrative of Brian Kelly has problems with female reporters since this was also a female reporter. But uh, he did kind of handle it pretty well. I mean, I, I thought he kind of like he was like, oh, I really don't think it's anything about that. You know, like he didn't he didn't he wasn't dick. <laughs> he wasn't a real dick back. I didn't think I thought his no, I thought his no, opening no, no, no. thing was like this is this is exactly what Brian Kelly is. He makes this terrible attempt at humor that's like basically bad dad humor and you know it wasn't funny and it actually also sounds really crass coming from a guy who you know is making 95 million 75 of which is guaranteed 
to talk about finding reporters $10, um, even in, even in a joke. So I love that she fired back. I hate that she said, Oh, not my finest moment. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. It was a pretty, I think it was a pretty fine moment. Uh, Hey, Hey, people know who you are now, Leah. People know you. That's a, that's a great moment. Welcome to the world. And like I said, I, I'm not an LSU writer. I don't have to fucking write it. I didn't have to write about it, defend about it. I think I, I retweeted it and threw it in a triple option or something like that. That's it. Now I've defended BK before because I sat right there when that shit happened with with uh, with Lincoln Littman after the Georgia Georgia game. But he had every fucking right to be <laughs> kind of a dick at that point. You just lost a close game, and you had a reporter who, like, if you guys don't listen to press conferences. There are certain reporters that will fucking pontificate and walk around words and it takes them a fucking half hour to get to their fucking question because they're trying to make a point before they make a question. And coaches hate that shit. They fucking hate it. And why reporters feel like they have to do it, I still don't understand because you can make that point in your article. You don't need Brian Kelly didn't need to hear it. So you're pissed from a loss. Someone's fumbling around their words with a fucking question. It's at the end of a presser. And he fucking, you know, was a dick. Oh, well, don't be fucking, don't be fumbling around your shit. Get to the fucking point. Just trying to say, figure out how I defended it. I defended it even, I defended it even more when I listened to, to her and Pat Forty, like fucking comparing notes behind me in the fucking press box about how they were going to, how they were going to tell this story. Like, seriously, we just watched a great fucking football game. And this is what you're going to this is what you're concentrating on. Get the fuck out of here. So anyways, yeah, I was disappointed that she. Uh, walked it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't walk it back. I mean, just roll with it. It's all good. And that was my that was my interlude for my BYU Baylor pick. <laughs> what do you got, man? Look, I you know BYU I find is one of the harder teams for me to ever to to, to predict. Like I have a hard time hard time making predictions when they're involved. I I, I don't get BYU. Uh, they win games that I didn't think they should win or will win. I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't understand it. Uh, maybe it's cause I don't have, you know, golden, <laughs> golden plates in front of me. I just don't understand BYU. Um, so it's hard, hard for me to, to, to look at that. Maybe they'll be confused by Baylor's helmets and think that their helmets are like covered in Joseph Smith's golden disc. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know much about Baylor either. Like they lost a lot. I think they're well coached. I think they're a good defensive team. Three points. Provo. Give me the Bears. Ooh, spicy. Um, like I, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to take BYU in this. And I'm not going to be one of those people. Just can't do it. Like fuck that. <laughs> so, I I'm pissed that this game's at ten fifteen. I mean, I understand why it's at ten fifteen, but I'm just like, 
I want to watch this game and this will be, that'll, oh. you know, I will be at yet another wedding. Please oh, don't come no. out of my house. Oh my God, Jude, um, get rid of your friends. <laughs> these aren't even my friends. These are people that are related to my wife. My wife. Oh my, my, wife. Oh my God. My yeah. wife is involved. So, um, I'm definitely going to want to watch this game because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be, uh, I wouldn't say shootout, but I would say uh, a little bit of banger, a little bit back and forth. So I think this is where and, game day should be at. And in a shootout, you always take the points. And so therefore I'm going to take uh, Baylor because I get the points that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Brennan. Uh, Baylor, Baylor. Uh, what did I go four and one last week? Just, just understand if you pick Baylor, we're we're putting money on this game. I know we are putting money on this game. If I take Baylor, um, I'm going BYU. <laughs> one I don't feel good about. <laughs> I, I just about, about shit myself because I'm like, don't don't put money on this game. Don't put money on this game. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the reason why I'm taking BYU is because I think that BYU is more of a known commodity as far as like both teams are basically returning their lines. Um, but Provo is a tough place to win. And I'm not going to discount, discount that mountain action for Baylor. Um, so, so give me, uh, give me BYU and, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, my picks and Josh picks are, uh, they're spicy with one another. Hey, I'm kicking ass. You are, you're nine and one this season. You are Brian nine. Kelly, you fucker. Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly fucked me over. Fucked you over. Uh, and that's your lone, your lone uh, defeat at this point. So. All right. So that brings us to the reason why everybody's here. <laughs> and that is the Notre Dame Marshall game. Uh, who wants who wants to go first with this one? So I'm going to be a total wimp here and I'm going to pick Marshall to cover in my tally site picks. But I honestly do believe that Notre Dame is going to cover three touchdowns. Um, I think I saw enough from them on uh, Saturday night to suggest that they should put the, should put beat the brakes off of a, uh, of a G five team and not especially high, re- high regarded G five team. So, I oh, don't let Tim Priester hear that. Okay. So could this go, <laughs> could, could this go wrong in a weird way? And they only win by 17. Absolutely. But at the same time, it just feels like a up 42 points in the fourth, at the beginning of the fourth quarter type game. Now, maybe they don't win by 42, but I'm just saying it feels like it's going to be pretty lopsided. So I'm going to say Notre Dame 49, Marshall 14. Uh, I'm not, I'm right there with you, um, except for all the, the precursor stuff about not really believing Notre Dame they can cover this game, cowarding out on the, uh, on the tally side picks. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see a path for Marshall to keep this within 20 points. I just, I just don't see it. I, I see this as being a game where Notre Dame from start to finish. Well, if the, let's, 
let's say if it, there's there's no path for Marshall, but I think there's a path for Notre Dame to keep Marshall in the game, right? Like if they make enough mistakes, yeah. There's the, a, there's some protection breakdown. Buckner gets hit as he throws the ball's up in the air. You know what I mean? Like something considerably dumb like that. That's how. Yeah. This, that's the only way that the Marshall's covering this. That's that's my guess. Is if Notre Dame makes enough mistakes? Yeah, it's it's, it's just like you know they're false starting or, or the punter shanks one off the side of his foot and gives him great field position or I don't I feel bad I feel like I'm 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 talk I'm speaking this shit into existence and I'm not trying to do that at all but that's the only way I think this works for Marshall. So I guess what you're I would, a, you're making a tulpa. Yeah, exactly. I guess what I would say to that Jude though is like the thing that Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese I think that got him into Trump. Well, maybe that does contribute to the turnover. But the thing that got him into trouble is they they value the lack of turnovers above all else. Um and maybe they open it up a little bit and he, he throws a pick or two, but I think even if he throws a pick unless it's going for six, it's not going to result in seven. Yeah. Because I don't think their offense is going to be capable. But yeah, I. And even then, he could throw two, three picks, and it could still be fine. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Notre Dame to cover and cover easy. I think it's sixty to six, something like that. Joshua. I believe Notre Dame is just going to come into this game and kick the ever-living fucking shit out of Marshall. I don't need any more words other than fucking skull fucking uh, is something that comes to mind. Um, Back-breaking, more skull fucking, uh, cuckolds. There's all sorts of terms to use here. Uh, And that's what's going to happen. I believe it's going to be 52 to nothing because that's what I fucking believe. Wow. I mean, 50, that's us. That is a South Florida score right there. 52, nothing. That is Tim Priester would be so mad at me. <laughs> uh, Cause he, he told us today that this is not South Florida. I'm like, no, it's a really bad Marshall team. So uh, with probably less athletes uh, on this team than South Florida had. Brandon, what did, what did Phil Steele think uh, of Marshall? Did he, uh, did he oh. have them with a winning uh. record this year? Let me pop open the old Phil Steele here. Yeah, let's um, put this to good use. <laughs> let's see here. Sunbelt Conference. What? Can't believe you're uh, killing my ears with this. Uh, let's see if he has any Marshall players on his first team All-American or All-South uh, Sunbelt Conference. Let's see here. Uh, yep, running back Rasheen Ali. He's not playing. Um, he's taking care of uh, uh, Eddie Vanderdose's grandmother. Is that what you said? Yep. Uh, guess guess what? Uh, Stephen Gilmore is second team. Bill Steele preseason South uh, Sun Belt Conference. Fuck that. Notre Dame ninety to nothing. The guy who everyone is hyping us up about. Everyone is talking about this motherfucker Stephen Gilmore being an NFL draft pick, and he's not even Phil Steele's first team Sun Belt Conference quarterback. Cornerback. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So what, is, what does Phil have them going this year? Uh, you know, finding out what Phil has people going is super difficult. Oh, really? Uh, when you read this magazine, because there's just like a glut of shit. 
uh, with that. Uh, he thinks that they will top last year's win total of seven games, eight and four. Okay. Well, one of them's not. One of those eight wins is not coming on Saturday. Right? No, no, one of them is not. No, no, <laughs> no, no. It's going to be like German porn. It's going to be filthy. <laughs> and you're going to feel bad about watching this, but you're going to watch. It's not going to be pretty. Germans, by the way, are who run, who are the English monarchy. Don't ever yes, forget. That is true. Don't ever forget. Hey, listen, if you want to change your last name just for any reason at all, just fucking do it. And if they say why, it's because the fucking British royalty decided they were going to. You know, if they can fucking do it, I can fucking do it. I know I don't want to be Joshua Voles anymore. I'm Joshua Von Voles. I am fucking now German fucking royalty. And so my plan of having Ryan being Victor Voles would be Victor Von Voles. And that sounds like an even bigger badass. Oh, that is a badass name. Right. I mean, Victor I'm, Voles was good enough, right? Like, that's like Von Voles. Triple V. Victor Von Voles. Fuck Triple yeah, v. dude. Fuck yeah. See, you could throw up. See, I thought with Victor Voles, you could score a touchdown and throw up deuces, right? You're 22. You throw up deuces. You're Victor Voles. But if you're Victor Von Voles, you could throw up the fucking Ice Cube West Side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No one can say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Just fucking saying. If only my wife would listen to me. I had All right, world so dominance. We're world dominance. U- on we're the betting table. USC and Notre Dame this week, aren't we? Yeah. And okay. uh, we're going to parlay the two. Okay. Okay. That works for me. I mean, of these, of just these games. Now, there, there's some other good uh, games out there with some with some fun spreads, but of just these games, which ones are you guys the absolutely most um, sure about? Oh, USC Stanford. Yeah, I've never been more sure about a, a spread in my life. Which usually ends up blowing up in my face, but always in my face. Like I, yeah. like I like, was never more sure of Notre Dame Texas in 2016. Oh God! Yeah. Right. Like I was never more sure. You know, you know, else too. I think Michigan's going to cover the spread against Hawaii. Damn, dude, I I don't know. I I picked against it. I took I took Did Hawaii you? in the points. The one fifty thing I two would... points, bro. Yeah, I know. Now what what was the Vanderbilt Hawaii score? Sixty nine ten. Did do that yeah, right? Yeah, it was it was something like that. It was huge. But sixty three ten. I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like there's a. Well, Michigan's doing that crap where they're starting a different starting quarterback than the one they started the first week, right? They sure are. And uh, so, Kiff, well, why not? He's doing well, that too. Why not? Right? You're you're fucking you're playing a junior high team. Why would yeah. you not? 
You're playing three junior high teams in a row. Yeah, so you may as well just, if you're going to fuck around, you, you, it's not like you're going to find out. Does Michigan play Illinois this year? Uh, I'd have to pull their schedule. Uh, I don't have their shitty schedule memorized. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. Uh, but I know they play Indiana, right? Uh, here's their schedule. You know, they we Colorado we State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland at at Iowa is their first road game. Then at Indiana, Penn State bye week, Michigan State at Rutgers, Nebraska, Illinois. Illinois is going to be the one that beats them. Bert. Hey, Je- Brendan, I'm pi- Brendan, I'm I'm pissed at you. What the Cyhawk game is this weekend, and we didn't get to pick that one, so I could pick and, against the, the did surest you see, bet of all did time. Did you see the spread? Yeah, it's like two, what, two and a half, three and a half? I was, I was a three-point favorite, I thought. I was point, favored. Yeah. Of course they are. Who'd you take a, who'd you take have a you, wh- Have you watched what, – what is your favorite <laughs> Matt Campbell win against Iowa? I'll start. Wait a second. Wait a no minute. I can't, I, no I can't, I can't get pa- I can't get past the fact – that Kirk Ferentz's son sc- scored only one touchdown against South Dakota State, and it wasn't even a touchdown. <laughs> that that says it all. That says every bit that I need to know. This is Matt Campbell's year. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I I will go to confession. Not this week. I'll go next week. And I'll I'll let Father Dan know that I will uh, take I the house. Ah. I'm 100% sure that Iowa wins this football game because <laughs> Matt Campbell's oh, yeah. chump. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there, are, there are three constants in life. Death, taxes, nope. and Matt Campbell losing to Iowa. You can't. You just you can't lose to this Iowa team. You can't. And then yes, he does. Absolutely can. <laughs> yes, you he can. He will find a way. He will, he will find a way. You can't. He will you, find I know you can't, but he will. It is, border, it is borderline impossible. This is what Matt Damn. Campbell do. This is what he does. How can you lose to, to <sighs> Northern Iowa? Okay. In fairness to Matt Campbell, he did win that game in triple overtime. 29-26. In triple overtime. I mean, uh, I feel like I've become like a like a third cousin – twice removed fan of Sparty because I keep finding myself rooting for Michigan state in so many games over the last couple of years. And that's, I mean, somebody has to trip fucking Michigan up because they just can't get away with this bullshit schedule. The thing with Sparty though, is it's a very Soviet union Nazi scenario for me. <laughs> We're like the rest of the big 10 is Nazis or Austria or Italy and like Sparty's still a bad guy, but like, but he's, but he's not, he's, he's not, not getting rid of people. We don't know. Well, yeah, like, we don't know how he's well, not getting he is. Cause I mean, they ended up killing but, more people than Hitler. Well, uh, we just, well, we just, we don't really know about that one yet. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know about, we don't know his, what Mel's got in the basement. We don't know I about Mel's this analogy. <laughs> Eject. I don't know about Mel's gulags yet. But yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean that is like Sparty could be the next superpower that's recruiting against Notre Dame. Mel Tucker could be. And that's sort of like 
right? Because that's the, the Soviet analogy is Mel's actually getting shit done on the recruiting trail. And if they could be, they could be somebody who's a thorn in Marcus's side down the road recruiting, and they're going to be back on the schedule. But for right now, they're not on the schedule. He's not a thorn in the side. And uh, he beats Michigan consistently. He's 2-0, and right? So uh, we'll root for him. It's still going to be sweet uh, in two years when Dante Moore is their starting quarterback. I, I mean, that's, I, that's, I, I, that's confirmed. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a goddamn given. <laughs> I've said that for – I've said that since when? Yeah, that's been, that's been what I've been on. Six months six, now? I've been on that since. I mean, it's been a, yeah. been a bit. Just like my new prediction that I put in the DMs, I'll, I'll go ahead and make it public. I think Peyton Bowen is committed to Notre Dame until like right before National Signing Day or the day of National Signing Day early. And then flips to whoever has the biggest bag, A&M or Oklahoma, because nope. right Oklahoma. now it's, it's going to be a bit anymore. He, did you see the pictures? Oklahoma Twitter is ablaze. He's wearing no, no, Oklahoma's. I, uh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. But do you understand the the amount of not giving a fuck that A&M has? Counterpoint. Do you know who Peyton Bowen's girlfriend's favorite team is? Well, do you know where she's going to school? at? <laughs> Where's she going? She's going to Oklahoma, right? Right. Yeah. She's so at Oklahoma. That's a, it's a done deal. Oh, it's, a, it's a lock then. It's, it's a, lock. a lock. Lock it in. Yeah. It's locked. It's the, yeah. Follow the girlfriend. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. So. Just, a lot of people know that. Just know it. But it's, it's going to happen late. Like it's going to be, it's going to drive their fans crazy. And the fact that, that uh, you keep hearing like, oh, he's saying all the right things in Notre Dame and, and they're not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Really? You're just going to go off of that? I say all the right things to my wife sometimes, but I know I'm full of shit too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when she asked, when she asked why, why I had a mode, uh, like, like a week past my schedule. I had all the right things to say. But the truth was, I just was fucking lazy and didn't feel like doing it. But I couldn't tell her that. I mean, it's that hard. Yeah, coach, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just going to go visit. No big deal. Still love you guys. You're number one, blah, blah, blah. The right things. No. And look, I got no animosity about it either. Like, look, kids, go do what you want to do. Go be where you want to be at. Get paid, whatever it is. I'm just telling Notre Dame fans, don't be fucking delusional <laughs> about it. It is what it is. Ugh. I've got a final thought for you. Wait, I was just about, let me ask, Jude. Okay, sorry. Let me ask. Jude. My friend, you got anything left to think? I do. I've got one more thing. Wow. Um, so Peacock announced that it's now going to offer uh, $1.99 per month for new subscribers. Uh, you have to do. You do have to be a new subscriber. So either cancel your existing Peacock account if you are so inclined, um, or start a new one. And if you, it goes. The promo is good until September 30th, and the game you're going to want to watch is actually October 22nd. You can cancel at any time. So what I would do is I would sign up after the 22nd 
uh, pay the one ninety nine and, and uh, get to watch the UNLV game for two bucks. I think that's uh, I think that's reasonable. And uh, if you don't want to continue on and and watch uh, uh, all that Peacock has to offer, including a whole host of Bravo shows that my wife endlessly watches, then you can just cancel at that time. I think Peacock's a fantastic app, and if you're a if you're a Harry Potter fan, that's where they're at right now. They're not on HBO Max. They're all on Peacock right now. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I look hey. if you if you listen to this podcast long enough, you know that we're gonna shill for AP Bio. So, oh, you know, for sure. There, there's things you can sure. find on Peacock that are enjoyable, but um, if you if you're on the fence about whether or not to pay for the game, and you're not gonna go to a bar, um, then maybe that's sign up for that deal. Yeah, we're not even getting paid for this. This is just, I, I just, this is I life wanna, lessons. I want to sa- save some Notre Dame fans some money. That's all. Yeah, this is just life lessons. And Jude, are you sure about that? Is that that's not just restricted to new customers? Because you that's said something what, about that's what I said. And, yeah, you're sure about that one? Yeah. So what uh, what I would do is, you know, my wife's got an email address. I've got an email address. We signed up on Peacock oh. under my email address. So I just give them a new email address. That's Okay, that's that's what that's uh, that's what I wanted the clarification on. Yeah. So I just cancel under my uh, mine and try to do it. It won't do. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. That's what they get. That wouldn't that won't work. Yeah. Although, look, this is just generally good advice, and I won't say it works for a sponsor that we show for all the time on here, but it totally does. Um, If you have a Gmail address, you can add the plus sign past the part of your email address. So mine's Jude eleven twenty eight at gmail dot com. If I were to write Jude eleven twenty eight plus peacock at gmail.com, it would still it would still go to my email address. It just ignores the everything past the plus sign. But that's a great way to one, track who's selling your email address. And two, um if oh. if a place has a discount code and it only works one time for one address, you can add the plus if you have a Gmail account and it all of a sudden becomes a new email address. And it will be accepted for the discount code. One foot. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. So that you you do the plus sign after the last uh, character before the at sign. Right. So yeah, exactly. So I'm Jude eleven twenty eight. So I do Jude eleven twenty eight plus home field. Okay. okay. I'm not sure home field's excited about me telling you that, but that is how that works. Do not care. <laughs> if, if they made it, if, if they made it this deep into the podcast, uh, then congratulations. Uh, Hi, Whitney. But I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> that would be that's going to be a fun email. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's all right. They're they're making bank. Well, and they They've also know product. that any money that I've ever made from from a home field ad read, I've just reinvested into home <laughs> field like three times over. So I'm I'm good for it. Yeah, it's hoodie season, boys. Oof, it's getting can't there. Can't wait. It's getting there. I am I am so ready for the weather to like do the complete flip. Like I'm beyond done with. I mean. We are nine days now because it just hit midnight recording this. We are nine days into fall. Fall begins on September 1st. Am I right, Brendan? That is absolutely correct. And I will hear no arguments to the contrary. Yeah, we're nine days into fall. It should be the high should be no higher than 62. 
Maybe 65. Yeah, maybe 65. Uh, it was 48 degrees this morning. This is 78 in the Ooh, afternoon. Lovely. It was 48 in the morning. 48. Nice little, nice little sweatshirt action. Oh, yeah. The morning walk. And then uh, the afternoon, had to wear in shorts. Yeah. It was, a, it was the same temperature as Greg's thermostat was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm from Ohio, so I'm going to wear shorts uh, year-round regardless. Yeah. Because uh, that's just – But you still put on the built hoodie. that way. Yeah. You still put on the hoodie. But you still put on the hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. There's just – there's there's three levels to being from Ohio, and it all includes shorts. It's – Michigan's it's the same way. Hoodie, it's hoodie, T-shirt, and no shirt. Unless you're a Carhartt guy. And that's Carhartt shorts. True. True. <laughs> I, I can say I got plenty of that, too. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't have my, my armpits cold, man. No. Heat rises. My, knee, my knees? I can't, I can't even feel my knees. After that last LCL tear, I can't even feel that entire knee. Doesn't it's even a, matter anymore. It's a known fact that heat rises, so it's not like any of the heat's escaping from your legs anyway. It all comes out your arms and your head. <laughs> so, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Brendan, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, I'm just over here touching grass, man. I am just touching grass. <laughs> uh, uh, I, no, want that, I'm, I want that to die. Ugh. It's not a great phrase. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's better than no. I think moist is better. I think moist. I'd rather say moist. I'd rather hear someone just say moist than you're touching My grass. Wife would I mean, it's just another way of saying kick rocks, right? No, it's basically just it's it's a dunk on somebody saying like, you know, you're talking about internet nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, get out yeah, of your parents' I, basement and touch some grass. I get it. I uh, I have high hopes for this weekend. Um, Usually that pans out all of the times. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I expect to see a lot of the team. Um, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Uh, you know, it's just. I like the 230 kick in this in this sense, because it allows me to take in some of the uh, the games around it, which is the nice part about a 230. It lets me if the, the noon kicks fail. Um, I can get into my game and it also, I can then catch the end of the three thirties, which is good. So, um, Notre Dame should always have two thirty kicks and boo anyone who says otherwise. I'm going to be that guy. Weddings at 11. I'm going to oh. be, I'm sure I'll be at a reception watching the game on my phone. Oh no. Probably geez. ignoring everyone around me. I've been there. It is the worst. The last time I was at a wedding during a Notre Dame football game was in 2008, San Diego State. Oh my God! And if you the that the most you went back and looked game, at, most unwatchable game. UCLA yeah, 2006 was, would like a uh, word. Oh yeah, that's true. That's pretty unwatchable too. True, true. <laughs> but. Have yeah, the wedding this? was. I watched uh, the San Diego State game uh, not too long ago, and I was like, "Why am I watching this awfulness?" Anyways. It's like it Greg popping good. on the what, what was the game that Greg said that he popped on? It was like the Vanderbilt opener, uh, like oh, yeah, the 14, fourteen seven, yeah, ninety six, I think it was yeah. ninety six. God, Greg, what are you doing? It was, like six, was it five fumbles? 
Four fumbles, five fumbles. It was atrocious. We are a special. Yeah, that one had. I got nothing left to take. I have finally cashed out the three cases of uh, ice of twisted iced tea. Um, I don't know. I'm probably going to have to buy some more because I think it's becoming a podcast staple. Uh, I don't know. Listen, I do have actually, I do have something serious to say. Uh, Yesterday, whatever day that was, I need to call back a couple. I have two best friends in the entire world uh, that aren't named Jude and Brendan. (laughs) <laughs> one of them lives in one of them lives in Columbus. One of them lives down in Cincinnati. One's an Ohio State fan. One's a Michigan fan. But they're my two best friends in the world. And we don't we don't do the like we're old. We don't do the the group texts. Uh, they're not they're not on social media a whole lot. So like our communication with each other is actually pretty limited for the most part. Uh, we do phone calls and then it's like we have to set shit aside. Because it'll last like an hour and a half. Uh, so I owed one buddy a, a phone call. Uh, called him up, didn't get him. Like, well, that time slot's gone. I'll I'll call up my other guy. Called him up, and all I gotta say is like, if you have a, a close friend that you've had throughout your t- throughout your life, and you haven't talked to him in a while, like literally talk to them on the phone. Um, like seeing them in person, definitely if you can. But if you know, you're far apart. Call them up. Check in on people. Because they might need it. You might need it. Don't let don't let 20, 30 year relationships uh, <laughs> dwindle down to two or three times, to- three moments of contact throughout a year. Make sure you're you are catching up with your people. Sometimes it just takes 10, 15 minutes. And you'll realize that uh, that was everything that you that you needed to hear or something or that everything that they needed to hear. So I just wanted to pass that along. Stay in touch with your people. Check up on people. Everybody needs a little something. Be that person. Amen. What's that? All right. We're done. We're, we're good. We're good. That's uh, a yeah. blowout win. Uh, we get a laugh about this, uh, and then we get the Marshawn Lynch bowl. Yeah. Can Notre Dame, can Notre Dame invite Marshawn Lynch to Notre Dame stadium? I, I mean, Ohio State, uh, as long as you get him a D, as long as you get him a DD. I mean, what if we say, wouldn't it be great if, uh, Catherine Tappen interviewed him at halftime and he's like, I'm just here. So I won't get fined. <laughs> it would be. I say you promise him uh, his very own leprechaun, like give him one of the alternate leprechauns and a, and a luxury room, just like three, four feet filled with nothing but Skittles. So he has to like swim in the Skittles with the leprechaun. Hey, I just did I say, did I blow that? Does Catherine Tappen still on the broadcast or she, has she been replaced? I don't know. Yeah. Cause we're going to get the debut She's, of Jack Collinsworth. Remember? Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that, actually. But I'm a you have a lot more faith in. J- I'm a sucker for Collinsworth in general. I love Chris Collinsworth on the NBC broadcast, but that's just me. Garrett's gonna be interesting too. I'm less excited about that, but 
<laughs> they were. I mean, they were. So it's So it's all good, right? Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Notre Dame's going to win in a blowout. Uh, we will be back. I want to say we're going to try to record a show Monday night, maybe. We'll do that. We'll <sighs> figure that out on the back end. Uh, but we will have um, have a review either uh, probably Monday night. And uh, you get to hear our lovely voices agreeing with everything that uh, one another has to say. <laughs> that works. Zora Stevenson, Zora Stevenson is the new sideline reporter. Catherine Tappen is hosting pregame, halftime, and postgame. I don't know. Hmm. I don't think I've ever watched any of those. Oh, that's the one that uh, Chris Liam Sims does. McHugh did, right? Yeah, with Liam McHugh with yeah. Chris Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You remember what? Remember what was Vonage? The phone company? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Remember? Remember what was John Walters? Oh, boy. <laughs> what? Yeah. John Walters did the pregame, sh- did the Vonage pregame show for Notre Dame football games. Are you serious? Goddamn right I'm serious. Dead serious. I don't remember this at all. John Walters on television? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. J-Dubs? Bubble screen. I'm just, I'm just waiting to see my good friend Brendan McAlinden on the ABC 57 pregame kickoff show, and I don't know how long I have to wait. And I'm just mad talk about, about the Brian Kelly memes. <laughs> the moment has passed, but we've been in contact. Likes every single tweet that I have. Uh, okay. Allison Hayes uh, likes them all. Uh, who knows? Who can say? Well, maybe I'll, the picture I'll be there. of Prince Charles in the Rudy outfit will will get you back on the show. I'll uh, yeah, I'll uh. I'll keep you posted. Be there for the cow game. Maybe I'll just drop in. I love it. Okay. I love it too. For Jude, for Brendan, for everybody at One Foot Down, thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>